back, FitRec family. We uh, took a little break there for a couple weeks. We're working hard on the new version of our app, done in native code. Uh, the test versions that we've been looking at look amazing. Uh, we think the FitRec family will love the new improvements to the app. It's sleek, it's fast, it's smooth. Uh, we can't wait to reveal it to you all very soon. Uh, we, have, uh, we have to give major props to our development team, Dynamia, for all their hard work. And as we shared last time, we have a couple events lined up for 2020. Go ahead and um, check out our events page at www.fitrec.com events to register for either our kickball tournament that's happening in Germantown, Maryland, or register for our 5K color run, which is happening down in South Padre Island, Texas. On the podcast today, uh, we have back in the studio, Anthony Bastille, FitRec founder and CEO. How's it going? Today, it's a uh, FitRec Reacts episode. We are uh, we are reacting to something uh, that's ha- that's shaping or informing our our health and fitness culture at large. Today we're looking back at we're looking at a book that's stirring up our community. It's a book written by Catherine Hansen entitled "Brain Over Binge: Why I Was Bulimic, Why Conventional Therapy Didn't Work, and How I Recovered for Good." And right from the title, uh, you know it's going to be loaded with worthwhile conversation pieces. But before we get into it anymore, join us after. The- All right, on today's podcast, we're reacting to Catherine Hansen's Brain Over Binge. Um, before we begin, let me read the leaflet cover about Catherine Hansen. So here's what it says Catherine Hansen recovered from bulimia independently, abruptly, and completely over six years ago. And soon after her recovery, she was fully convinced she had a powerful story to tell, a story that could give other bulimics and those with binge eating disorder hope, a new perspective, and a uh, common sense cure. She dedicated herself to candidly documenting her experience and hoped that her book can shed new light on these disorders that ruin so many lives. For a long time, Catherine felt like a hopeless case. She thought maybe she could never completely recover. She thought she could have to, she would have to deal with her eating disorder one day at a time for the rest of her life, but she doesn't. She has zero risk of relapse, even during stressful times in her life. She believes that if recovery was possible for her, it is possible for anyone. Catherine recovered from her uh, recovered only after she parted with therapy and let go of of most of its ideas. She found another way to end her bulimia, and now she shares her alternative approach with others in Brain Over Binge. Catherine hopes her voice can be a voice of change, a voice for those who are frustrated with therapy or simply cannot afford it. A voice that will help many escape the daily torment of binge eating and purging. So, Anthony, what do you think? Wow. Well, you know what attracted to me this to this book um, was the binge part. Uh, I was listening to a YouTube channel and they kind of uh, ran over and said that, "Hey, uh, if you have an opportunity, definitely uh, you know read this book." So, I I do a lot of audio books because I do I travel a lot, so I'm always like an hour drive or two hour drives on the road. So on my commute, I kind of listen to some audio books, and so I I ran across this one and um, I just I thought it was interesting. One because I, I I'm not bulimic, <laughs> mm-hmm. but what I, I, I what I believe I've been um, was definitely a binge eater. You know, I go to these health fitness you know 
I would say phases and I, you know, I try to stay and, and be as good as I can. But then there's these moments where I just totally binge on like yeah. craziness, like go to five guys and just kind of knock it out of the park. And <laughs> I know like, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm just thinking, okay, I think a part of me is because of like stress and all the other stuff that's going on. It's easy for me to mm. just kind of go and do those things. Um, but yeah, you know, even we've switched to like this plant-based diet and we've been doing that uh, often, but I can see myself sometimes like, I don't know. I, I love tacos. I can go and just go binge on tacos. And so f- for me, it's not something that I, happens every day, but I do recognize that, okay, maybe once or twice a week. Mm. And I figure, you know, you do that and that kind of destroys your whole kind of what you're trying to accomplish because I know consistency and staying healthy is important. And so I just wanted to – that's what intrigued me, the binge part of this book. And so I wanted to see, you know, what she thought about it in the process of it and how she overcame it. One, to see if, you know – if I kind of fit that, if I could do that, you know, mm-hmm. others to see, you know, I think for this brought me a little bit more clarity, but probably I do have like a binge problem at times. Um, but yeah, so initially for the book, I, I really enjoyed it just because it gave some good perspectives. Yeah, I, I thought it was a, a fascinating book uh, simply on content alone. Uh, you know, Hansen, Catherine Hansen is obviously not a medical professional. So, you know, everything that you read, you got to kind of take with a grain of salt and, uh, you know, there's some inherent drawbacks when talking about eating disorders, uh, mental health, addiction, and attempting recovery methods that are, are based on, on anecdote uh, rather than, you know, sort of psychomedical pra- practice. Uh, even so, her book kind of – her book does draw from studies on addiction, brain chemistry, developmental psychology, neurobiology, and nutrition. Um, you know, she offers an interesting critique on conventional methodology. And let me uh, – me, uh, you know, for me – um, she's very clear on on the book on stating those facts, right? And she went through every and she didn't when she talks talks about you know therapists and all that. She kind of groups it all in the whole, um, the whole the whole time that she was doing that in different type mm-hmm. of therapies and sessions and how she comes to realize you know she was an athletic person initially starting off in yeah and um. I think in high school, so where should we start off on that? And she's doing quite well, but stressors in life and things like that, I think she she kind of gets into this, you know, binge eating. Um, and at one time, she's able to cope with it because, you know, the amount of exercise that she's putting out, and she didn't realize that she may start having to have a problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, the I, I think for us and, and people that are going to listen and read the book is to really understand that she did the whole gamut of the, the therapy and try to figure out right. what was the reason why and the mm-hmm. therapy looking into it and digging deeper and trying to figure out the emotional issues um, or the other issues that would cause her to binge eat and trying to fix those problems. But it's very clear that we all have those issues. And, and I don't want to say like binge eating with her crutch, you know, as we read towards uh, – as you read towards, you know, further in the book, we kind of figure out, you know – there's these two types of, you know, we have two types of minds, basically. We have the, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go with the limbic system and go all, yeah. you know, crazy with the scientific talk. But just think about it. We have our primitive, primitive mind, or some people call it reptile mind, and then we have our higher thinking level mind. Right. And so she kind of breaks down that. But before we go on, I mean, go, you know, go ahead with your. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I think that what, one of the things that um, um, I think she does a good job is that in her journey, as you were sharing, it kind of obviously underscores the need for alternative approaches to a problem. I think that we understand can take many forms. Mm-hmm. Now, as a as a healthcare professional, uh, how often do you and your your colleagues embrace, you know, alternative methodologies, or, or you know, in what ways have you encountered patients who who want to receive alternative, you know, care or require it? 
You know, I look at it now, and more no, now that I'm older, and I see, and I've been in the medical field for quite some time. Um, I, I myself go to different things, like now acupuncture, chiropractor. I've done mm-hmm. Reiki, you know, because we yeah, just had Reiki, a guest yeah, right? and so uh, I, I don't know because look, I, it, when as growing to going to the doctor as a kid and having a sickness or illness, you go in there, you walk in there for ten minutes. And you get your prescription and you walk out, right? And you don't recognize it as a kid, right? You don't – you just get in there and you get out and you just, you know, feel better. And as you get into adult, it gets a little bit more complicated, right? You, you need more than 10 or 15 minutes with a physician to, to, you know, talk about your problems and give you really sound advice about what are the next steps. But, you know, it's not just handing a pill and doing those things. And so, you know, we've gotten to the way of society. We have high blood pressure. Here's a pill. Here you treat it, right? Or mm-hmm. you go into a doctor's office and it's like, yeah, change your diet and do these things. But there's no guidance to that. There's no, there's the doctor doesn't take fifteen twenty minutes to tell you how to do it or give you the right. the background to do it. They just tell you to go. You know, here's do it yourself. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. And unless you're really into you know trying to look it up yourself or do it, you'd rather just probably take the pill and move on. Um, so alternatively, I think that you have to look at what's. Now, you know, what is the best approach? There's so much information out there now. We just got to filter it and figure out which one's right and which one's the best way for us. So you you have to be proactive. I tell patients out there, you have to be proactive for your health. You know, if you go to 10 different doctors because you're moving around, you go and do different things and you don't catch the trends yourself, which means, you know, look at your, your blood pressure at this time of year or look at your, your lab results at this time of year. And are they trending up? Is your cholesterol going up? Those type of things is your weight turn up. You, these all are based on a trend. You're, a physician is not going to be able to see you and look at your labs one time and be like, okay. But if you have a trend that's set for, okay, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. We need to check on these things instead of just one-time approach. You may look great for them you know, because yeah. you have this normal range where people fall into. But mm-hmm. if you see this trend kind of going up, 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 then we can stop it before it happens. And it's all about preventative medicine. And so, you know, I alternatively, I think that this, yes, I think there's – I'm definitely with the different approaches, especially now as I'm, as I'm older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's what Catherine Hansen also experienced as she was going to the doctor very early on. I mean, she looked like she fell within the level. She might have looked a little thin, but then, like, you know, the doctors weren't really super concerned by it. Uh, and before before her, you know, situation got out of hand. You know, I subtitled this podcast uh, Mental Health Disorder or Addictive Behavior. And, and I think that you know what i intended to try uh, what i intended with that is to try to kind of delineate the difference between seeking um you know recovery from a, a mental health issue versus a behavioral health issue because uh you know mental health is such a hot button issue these days uh so to give you a little bit more of what i mean um the who the world health organization defines mental health as a state of well-being in which every individual realizes his or own her potential can cope with normal stresses of life can work productively and fruitfully and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. And on the other hand, behavioral health examines how your habits impact your overall physical and mental well-being. Uh, to make um, perhaps even clearer, mental disorders are things like, you know, what we would, you know, understand as like bipolar or like schizophrenia, depression, uh, while sort of the behavioral struggles include things like substance abuse, sex addiction, and, and in this case, eating disorders. So in the book, it sounds like Hansen's eating disorder was being treated like a mental health issue when ultimately it was a form of addiction uh, that was perpetuated, as you said, like in the lower brain function, that, that you know, sort of reptilian brain, mm-hmm. rather than rather than really engaging her sort of higher brain function. So uh, I, and let me go back to this mental health because I think you, we, yeah. this comment that you made. I think now 
it's easier to talk about it, especially when there's a lot of people speaking about it now and advocating, having a voice and talking about it. And before, even when I was growing up as a kid, we didn't talk about it. Right. You know, my brother suffered through, you know, probably bipolar depression and also all mm-hmm. or the other sorts of stuff. But it was never like brought out to the open. It was like, you know, kind of discussed and kind of like not really said much about. But it's so important now. And I think people, I look at mental health more like your physical health. Right. If you're not conditioning it, if you're not getting the help that you need in anything, you know, I, I work so many hours and I, you know, I sleep very little and that's not good for my mental health at all, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. evaluating that and getting the breaks that you need and getting the rest that you need and giving your mind and talking to people is important. I mean, that's probably the most important thing, letting your feelings out and being able to like digest it yourself and do that. And I think, uh, uh, Creating this company and creating this business and doing being able to do this podcast is this is one thing close to fitness as well. You know, if you're not mentally healthy, right. you know, fitness is going to be very difficult for yeah, you to take. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about when you're fit and you're healthy, you're releasing, releasing those endorphins, and you're when you're with together with people, you know, you just feel like you belong. And this is all really good for being, you know, and, and helping mental health, you know, and, mm-hmm. and creating those. Um, I would say those uh, support systems to be able right. to have yes. uh, as you're working out and doing those things, not just for physical, but it's also so much being important because we weren't born here to be alone or to be alone right. or to do those things. Yeah. There's certain times in our life and certain maybe periods where we need to be alone and digest things, but there's other points where we're meant to be as a group. You know, we survive better when we live together as a group. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, uh, I think on the one hand, it's important for us to understand that. Not all eating disorders are are one or the other. Like it's mm-hmm. not just a mental health issue, or it's not just a behavioral issue, but but it can be a sort of both and situation. I think that's important as we talk about this book with our listeners, because you know, with Hanson, I think she 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 essentially boiled it down to just a a uh, behavioral health issue. But there were some mental health aspects to it because I think that when she got into it, um, she really did you know, isolate herself from her support system, even when she was with her fiance, it was, yeah, I think part of it is like the shame, um, kind of discussed as well. Uh, I think those are some of the big points for her that kind of now, not a habit now that now is turning it from a habit where it's a blend mix of mental health component to it now because Mm -hmm. of the habit. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the interesting, interesting things that Hanson said in her book, I think it was chapter 16, uh, was discovering her why for why she binged. Uh, it, it wasn't so. It wasn't to satisfy some sort of deep inner emotional need. And this is why we were saying it's not so much a mental health thing. Uh, it wasn't a, a disease per se. Uh, she said that she had discovered victory when she discarded the hypothetical and convoluted reasons for why she binged and realized one actual thing. She and that thing is this. She binged because she had urges to binge. Mm-hmm. Now, that that sounds rather simplistic. Um, in essence, her binging wasn't a symptom of something underlying. It wasn't, it wasn't the problem. Um, uh, it was the problem, actually. The binging was the problem. It wasn't like her childhood or anything like that. Uh, and uh, it was this, this uh, coupled with the reading of this book that she mentioned, uh, Rational Recovery, that she began to see complete recovery, even though she doesn't like to use that word recovery. Uh, yeah. So this is why uh, years of the psychotherapy that she went through and the uh, you know uh, didn't work for her. So uh, she said simply that it was wasn't rational. This is what she said: it wasn't mm-hmm. rational for her to eat so much. So she she reprogrammed her lower brain using her rational brain. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know. I don't know about. I don't know of the reprogramming. I think she recognized what where the urges were coming from, and so part of that is this that she understood now that we have this primitive side of our of our brain that all it wants to do is eat, sleep, have sex, and be safe. That's all it wants to do. I mean, that's (laughs) all it wants to do. That's that's the only thing that's the key. And then, you know, as evolution evolved, we've gotten this higher level thinking of brain where we right. we have this thought process of who we are, the purpose that we want, and all these other our, things. Our logical connected. reasoning part of our yeah, brain. Our yeah, our logical reasoning part of our brain. But we still have the primitive side. And that primitive side is so strong that it, it takes over sometimes. And so we have – which causes the urges. All we wanted to urge for her to eat. And she recognized that. Logically, she knew you know, what was going on, what was happening. Same thing. This is the same thing you can apply with drug addicts and alcohol yeah. and all these other things. Yeah. That these are habit-based things. I mean, mm-hmm. I there's again. I this is not one-way street. This is just you know. This is you can. There's several angles to the same road or several streets to the same road. How they get to and how they do it. But I think if you use the, the method of everything that you have, like habit building, you have the mental health component and everything you have. For her, though. It was more of a habit building thing that she had developed after she, re- you know, she started having these urges, and then she built this habit, right. and the primitive brain took over, and then she recognized, okay, this is not logical anymore, and then she didn't have to take any pills. I mean, she was on Keppra, which is like an anti seizure medications for these, and that was one of the medications that helped her for yeah, a little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. and then it kind of stopped, and then she kind of recognized, okay, like I can do this. Like, why didn't anybody tell me that this was more of a kind of habit-based solution if I could change this habit and recognize this pattern that I was developing and then tell myself to stop it. So what she would do is recognize that she had these urges and she would say, she would just let it come to front instead of trying to push it down, you know, like mm-hmm, some people would do, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. push it down and it gets worse because it builds up and builds up. She just let it came to the thought, okay, I want to eat. I want to binge. And then logically she said, okay, this is not appropriate. This is not. And she worked her way to talk herself down and say, the primitive brain, yes, you're coming up and you're telling me these things, but I know better. You know, right. I'm using my yeah. logic side, my higher level of thinking that I know better and I can stop this. And she had she recognized that she had full control of her actions. And then that's when she started clicking for her, I believe. Yeah, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. So let's say we accept that in some some occasions, eating disorders or the likes are, are really just uh, uh, wiring our brains and creating bad habits. Uh, that means it's certainly possible for us to kind of rewire our brain and create good habits. Um, I know I know that's easier said than done, but but according to Hansen, uh, well within our capabilities, well within her capabilities, if we really want to. Yeah. Um, I'm. Is that is that really all? Ha- you know, having a a real want or desire. What about what she says in the chapter about like triggers? She she wrote that. Uh, the lower brain remembers um, stimulus response patterns because the brain is opportunistic. It, it quickly seizes on whatever it gets, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, what, whatever gets it the desires that it wants. Uh, in short, basically, she said that the lower brain remembers what gets results. Um, mm-hmm. And she writes uh, in the book, uh, in behavioral psychology, it's called the, the law of effect. Behavior followed by consequences that are satisfying to an organism will be repeated, and behavior followed by unpleasant consequences will be discouraged. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of what Hansen mentioned uh, mentions has to do with, uh, you know, we were kind of alluding to a thought discipline. Um, but even though she's, you know, she initially speaks against dealing with specific triggers, she does eventually get to a place where, you know, she's recognizing the urges that her brain has associated with the binges, and. and um, I guess the question that I have is how have maybe – how do you reconcile 
or maybe you know in your professional work yeah. um, wrestled with um, you know thought discipline. We talk about you know this being a company about health and fitness, and a lot of you know folks um, trying to get into you know healthy rhythms, right? Really have to be thought disciplined. Uh, when it comes to dealing with themselves. And, I think part of patterns. one part is thought discipline, right? Is to have that understanding. And it's not actually an understanding, having that awareness. Like this is, this is urge is coming from this side. You know, I can control it. I'm logical. Having that awareness and understanding that there's so many great YouTube videos. You can learn about this, about, you know, the two, uh, actually we have like three types or three levels of brain thinking or the three types of basically mm-hmm. so learning these types and recognizing how they form habits, mm-hmm. you know, with these reward systems and yes, 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 hormones yes, yes, yes. that are released and yeah. so on and so on. But after, once you get that background and foundation, so I, the, what I want people to hear and take understanding is that first you have to recognize it or be aware of the thought process of what's going on and what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then once you recognize that, develop habits that are going to change that process of right, instead right, of going right. to binge or that reward. Secondly, the, what I struggle with is the willpower. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not, that's totally, I understand it. I'm aware of it. I under, whatever, but there's this willpower. And so that is a mental exercise that you have to develop over time. And so my willpower slowly de- I mean, de- de- depreciates or uh, dissipates during the day mm-hmm. as I go on, right? Sure. It takes a lot for me get- to open up my emails and do all this thing. So I try to do the stuff that requires the most willpower that I don't want to do during the day, mm-hmm. email responses, doing stuff that I need to get done to get it out because by the end of the day, I'm done. Like I, yeah, I'm yeah, done. Yeah. And so this is where I run into problems with eating, right? Because I'm working and I can work and I don't have to eat and I can stay working for eight hours and not worry about anything as long as I'm on the r- rhythm. But once all my willpower is gone and all that is as busy today, I go back and I said, I'm so hungry. I'm driving five hours. I'm driving two hours. or I'm driving an hour from where mm-hmm. I'm coming back from. I just want to stop and just eat. And I sometimes I'll, I know that I don't need two burgers or I don't need two burritos. I don't need, you know, whatever I'm having, or, mm-hmm. like this huge salad. I don't, but I'll still order it just because my mind thinks that I could, I need to eat all this, right? I haven't eaten all day. I need to eat all this. Yeah, that- and so there's a part of the thought. Uh, developing that thought process of the awareness of it, and then there's a willpower. And I don't think she kind of touched points on the willpower that you need, or how you develop the willpower in your book. In her book, well, I also don't think that she really um, elaborated on what you alluded to just there with regards to rewards. I mean, the mm-hmm. thing about the thing about you know going home and feeling hungry, and then like you know I, I don't need to have two hamburgers, but when you have the two hamburgers, you feel good, mm-hmm. and that like triggers the reward system, and and it's a it, that right there is training your brain to 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 connect having two hamburgers with um, you know this ex, this um, sort of uh, ecstasy this feeling of you know euphoria. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of it, it's the same for me when growing up and 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 my parents weren't aware of this. They weren't. They were just trying to make me feel better. But I think going to go visit a doctor and having a painful procedure, they're like, okay, let's get something for you. Let's, we'll have an ice cream afterwards or do something. And so that's like a reward system where you've gone through, you suffered, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get rewarded. And my reward was maybe ice cream or food or a lollipop. You know, yeah. doctors give off as a lollipop or whatever. Um, and so I think that that kind of built up over time for me. Like after a stressful situation or when I'm stressed, I want to go back to reward. Mm-hmm. Some people replace that, right? Replace that with alcohol. I had a really yep. tough day. I'm going to have a glass of wine, yep. you know, yep. or, you know, there's other things too. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that mm-hmm. I think the ones that we hit the top of it is like pornography, alcohol, right. food. Um, I mean, there's, I mean, those are the top three that, you know, kind of get discussed oh, a lot. Yeah. Um, and so how do you, 
how do you change that and how do you recognize that and how do you develop, you know, the thought process and the awareness. And I think reading this book gives you that idea of, okay, you are, you're in control of yourself and your actions, you know, yeah. you can control that primitive mindset. I think when you, to further, you know, understand it, I think you're going to need to read a little bit more about the willpower, you know, developing mm-hmm. willpower and how do you keep that and know that, you know, if you're going to be working 12 hour days or eight hour days, or you're going through a stressful relationship or relationship, I mean, a stressful day, then plan accordingly. You know, if you're going to eat, eat yeah. whatever, you know, and we talk about hamburgers, but it's anything, right? You know, for me, it's, it, I switch to plant-based and so it's veggie burgers, you know, I have veggie burgers on stand right there in the freezer. You just pop in and I know I could just have one, you know, but I'm just like, I'm going to pop two in the microwave, heat them up and then boom. And so there's so many things that you have to, now I have, what I have is just, I've kind of set up a system now of understanding that I don't have the willpower anymore to come home and to try to make something and eat something, whatever. I'll just go straight to the refrigerator. So now having my meals prepared that I know, and now instead of going to the, maybe the, you know, bag of chips that I have, they're separated on the ounces, uh, that I have that are put per se. So one, I know one ounce is this many calories and the, you know, having, and just having a free for all an open bag is not the best thing to do. So set stuff up that you know that, okay, I'm not going to have the willpower to do these things, but let me set myself up to be successful when I don't have the willpower. Yeah, that's an interesting thought because um, she she doesn't really go into that too much. I think you know because um, as you read through the book, um, she is. I think it's it a becomes, little repetitive. I think it becomes yeah. very clear she is she is a very disciplined person yeah. in and of herself. Like you know, she 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 was very regimented. She she had a strict you know workout plan for herself to get to where she wanted to be as an athlete. Uh, and then even with the with the eating, so the only thing that seemed out of control for her was the binge eating. Yeah. But even even then, um, it 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 fell into sort of this habitual um, uh, practice for her. And I think it wasn't until she began to, to to discover pleasure from overcoming the binge eating that she was able to find victory in the binge eating. So there is, there's still, there's, there's still sort of a reward thing going on there. Um, but you know, you're right about regard in regards to, you know, being able to muster up some willpower. And if you know that you're going to be weaker at certain points of the day, um, to be mindful of, of how you structure your day, how you structure your meals and stuff like that, so that you don't have to think about, you don't have to let your lower brain, Win, you know, yeah, win, to, yeah, or just, you know, control, control your your decisions. So, um, so here's where I'm going with this. Okay, now while I'm sure uh, that a book like this and, and others of its ilk are helpful for different subsets of the population that are struggling to find answers with regards to eating disorder, uh, I don't think this this book obviously meets the needs of all because you're gonna there's gonna be folks that struggle with eating disorders that that are not um, addictive in its nature. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do agree with this this last part of the conversation as it revolves around sort of the habitual nature of human beings. Okay, we are products of our habits, good or bad. Yeah, our, our brain is wired for pattern recognition, emulation, and, and repetition. So here at FitRec, um, you know, you, you know, your the, the listeners, our, you know, our listeners, health and fitness. Your your fitness journey is our number one priority. So, so that's why we bring resources like this for y'all to check out. Um, but ultimately, what we want to, uh, what we're, we're, what we want um, 
is to see that this has a, an effect on our health and fitness practices and routines. So I see a direct correlation between what Hansen has discovered here with regards to eating disorder and for how many of us um, uh, can begin, like for example, getting out of the bad habit of just sitting on our sofa, right? Um, you know, getting out, getting out of our bad habits uh, of, of eating wrong or, or getting into good habits of eating correctly or eating right or eating healthy, uh, exercising regularly. So, um, so we've created these, these habits that are bad, like eating poorly. Uh, we've created these habits of things like sedentary, uh, you know, having a sedentary lifestyle. How can we start the journey towards, you know, I hate to say this word, but addiction that, and that's probably a bad word, but I, I guess a habitual practice of health and fitness. Yeah. And no, I, I, I think that uh, there's this for addiction. Yeah, I think it's a strong word because we're not trying to get anybody addicted to whatever. Right. But we want them to recognize healthy patterns. Yeah. You know, in their life. And so, how do we develop healthy patterns for them, or lead them to understand the you know healthy patterns? You know, the reason look we the reason why we're doing this and is that we recognize statistically like I I want to save the environment. I recognize that there's climate change and there's all these things and we kind of put that or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. that was not my purpose. Like there's right. other people that do better. That's all about it. And to, mm-hmm. But the purpose for this company or whatever that I we, – we recognize how our bodies are deteriorating and the health-related issues that we're having because of the choices and the bad habits that we've built into. One, because of marketing. Two, because of the food that is pushed upon us. Three, is that our, our lifestyle has become easier mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we have – everything's automated. You know, We have yeah. cars. We have we can drive. We can we don't have to walk. We really don't even have to get out of the house. We can get things delivered to us oh, now. I, know. Yeah. I mean so it's all these automatic stuff that is great. I, I don't want to take it away, but it also is bad. And so how do we find this balance and develop – healthy patterns to combat all the stuff that's going on with our, 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 our lives and stay healthy and fit so we can avoid the complications and enjoy mm-hmm. our older life, you know, or mm-hmm. when we're in our 60s and 70s and 80s yeah. and 40s and, and in, even enjoy now. You know, we see people that are like 20 years old or 16 or 17 or 12, huge, you know, huge. Yeah. And we always love to see – I love to see Snapchat stories about people that are weighing like four or 500 pounds. Mm. At the age of 16 and 17, they lose all this weight and they have all this skin, you know, flap and they talk about their journey or whatever. I want to prevent that, you know what I yeah. mean? And if they are at that prof, or if they're at that area, then we want to be able to help them and move them and do those things. Yeah. So I don't want them – I don't want to say it's an addictive lifestyle, but I want you to get a healthier lifestyle and a healthier patterns and recognize those things. Yeah, you know, and I think it's important because, you know, whether we believe it or not, uh, we are, you know, as a as a society, as a culture, as the American Western culture, uh, we are binging on laziness. We are binging on Netflix. You know, Netflix, yeah. <laughs> um, we we, you know, it's a it's a funny thing that that's a joke, right? Yeah. That you, we're binging on Netflix, but um, because we're binging on Netflix, that means we're not getting out of the house. Um, if you have to binge on Netflix, yeah. get on a treadmill. Go to – put it on your iPad. Go to the gym. Put it on your treadmill. And if you're at least going to watch 10 or 3 shows at a time, do get up and do something with it. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm not saying that it's a bad to be distracted while you're working out or anything. Some people will be like, oh, you, you know, you shouldn't listen to music. Right. You shouldn't do whatever. You're not really training yourself. Hey, if your mind has to be somewhere and your body's at least moving, then I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Start with that step four first, you know? Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, what here? What we want to do here is make sure, make sure that you all are – 
are aware of, of these kind of things that are happening, maybe even subconsciously with the, with us in our brains that we've, we've decided to acquiesce to this kind of lifestyle and, and, you know, fit rec, we exist to help uh, everyone just kind of get out and get active. Uh, and we want to do that by creating a support system around y'all. And uh, so that's, that's what we do with our app. Um, and, uh, you know, this is an easy way for y'all to get connected with the community around you, uh, to be able to get fit and get active out there and accomplish your fitness journey. Well, so here, fit, here at the fit rec family, there's only so much we can say in the, you know, the 20, 30 minutes that we get in your day. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll put a description in the link below for where you can find brain over binge, uh, take a read for yourself and, and draw your own conclusion as it pertains to your health and fitness journey. Uh, as always, you can find more of these kinds of things on our websites. You can also find out the latest updates about what's happening on, with FitRec on our website, www.fitrec.com. Uh, join the FitRec family by downloading the app on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store today. If you're out there and you're struggling with motivation, inspiration, or maybe you're just confused about how to get, how to get started, uh, the FitRec app might be the first step for you to get connected with like-minded folks right in your neighborhood. Uh, For sure, if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, subscribe so that you can get the latest and greatest health and fitness news, profiles, and information on the health and fitness world. As a part of the FitRec family, we hope that you discover that when it comes to your health and fitness journey, we're better together. So thanks for listening out there. Uh, We'll say goodbye. Bye. Bye.